My name is Norm Dietrich. I'm president and founder of Reliable Snowplowing. It's a great honor today to have you with us, and we're excited to uh, share this eight-week webinar with you. It, uh, the vision of this is that we're all going to get through this together, and this is a uh, hope is that you're going to learn some new tools, sharpen some existing tools, and we're all going to spend a little bit of time uh, just sharing some practical tips of how to get through this coronavirus, uh, not only as a country, as a company, as a family, and individually. And a lot, lot of sharing going, going to go back and forth to explain, or just come up with practical tips and tricks of getting through these unprecedented times. It's a great honor. We have um, my uh, business consultant, author, coach, Kevin Hall is going to be leading us as we go through this journey over the next eight weeks. He has spent his entire lifetime, his life career work, inspiring, coaching, and building others to be best, find their purpose. And I, I affectionately tease him sometimes and say that he's energized over a zillion people. But on a serious note, he's, he's, he's an uh, author who has, they have actually published a, almost a million books in multiple different countries. One of his greatest uh, works is Aspire, but he's been working on some new stuff uh, some new books that are coming out and also some new tools that have just really kind of lined up perfectly these times that we're that we're going through now and he's uh, a volunteer to share them with with our team with our customers and with everybody on this call and also as I think about it, feel free in the future to share this with anybody that you feel would benefit and it is my hope that at the end of this that you'll find some brand new tools start with some existing tools and we're all going to share some practice uh some tips and tricks to get through this unprecedented times. But without further ado, I'd like you to uh, give Kevin Hall a welcome. I'm going to give him the clap. I know you guys can't clap, but I'll give him a clap. But uh, Kevin is well-known author, business coach, mentor, and personal friend of mine. So Kevin, thank you thank so much. Thank you, Norm. Thank you, Norm. What a pleasure uh, to be on this first of eight experiences and i'm going to ask each of you whether it's frank that i'm looking at anyone here on this call i'm going to ask you to get out a pen if you have a journal or a notepad um, just make a note or two that applies specifically to you and i'll ask you to come as a teacher not as a student because when you teach something you learn it twice and we're going to share principles each week that can help you at this time, can help you for the rest of your life, I hope. And today, we're going to talk about love and four sources of abundance. I have a new book coming out called The Four Sources of Abundance. There are several dozen people on this Zoom broadcast today. We'll make sure you get that very first information. So you're hearing it right here. Number one, source. And when you think of abundance, look at Norm's you know, he's got that wave behind him. He says, sometimes you just have to go with the waves. It introduces what we're talking about today because abundance comes from the abundance of the sea. And just think, what comes after one wave? Another wave, then another wave, and then another wave, attesting to the fact that nature gives all and loses absolutely nothing. And so we wanna give you some tools, some principles, that you can give all and you lose nothing. And the number one key, I very seldom write 
or speak by saying always. You would say most likely, but the number one source of abundance is that love will always find a way. Six word principle in all four of these sources. Source one, love will always find a way. I coached the CEO of the Og Mandino group. And I think one of the greatest writers of all time was Og Mandino, greatest salesman in the world. And he wrote that if I had no other qualities, I can succeed with love alone. Just that, if I had no other qualities, I can succeed with love alone. Without it, I will fail, though I possess all the knowledge and all the skills of the world. I will greet this day with love in my heart. So in these unprecedented times, as you start this day, I want you to think of that statement, that affirmation, I will greet this day with love in my heart. Because what you focus on expands. What you, what, what you think about and focus on, it will grow, it will expand. And so when you're focusing on love, and we talked about this in a little video that we sent out to some of you, if you saw it, we talked about Genshat. This word is in the sacred writ in India. And I discovered this word going back to visit with Victor Frankl and his family. Victor wrote Man's Search for Meaning, one of the greatest books, one of my top 10 books. We actually own the movie rights for that book. And my wife, Sherry, and I sat down with his widow, Ellie, five years ago, and she talked about Victor's passion for love. He wrote that love is the highest and ultimate goal to which man can aspire. So I'm going to ask you to practice Genshai as part of this eight-week experience. And we said we will send you a Genshai coin with a nice little purple pouch and you can keep that as a talisman, keep that in your pocket, keep that in your purse, keep it by your bedside to remind you to never treat another person in a manner that would make them feel small, including yourself. And that's why it's fun to be here with my friend, Norm. Norm and Judy are friends and they are growing and they're always looking for ways to improve. Norm, two years ago, you were introduced to this concept, Genshai, and then you brought it into Reliable. Um, how did that work, Norm? And what was that like for you when you heard this word? I believe Jeff Tovar shared this word with you. Um, I sent a book to you, Aspired, Discovering Your Purpose, and a lot of things started to happen with you that had already happened. Love to hear you, Norm. Two years ago, I had this vision when I heard this word, I'm like, really powerful. And we're putting some thought to it. And then I, I said, you know what, I'm going to bring this out to my management and leadership team of explaining what our culture is going to be moving forward. And that is treating people with love, respect, and shy. And I looked at myself in the mirror and said, oh, Norm, this is, you're going on a limb here. How, how is this going to work? You got a bunch of contractors, you know, and they're going to be looking at like, never heard of this before. So we kind of thought through this and been working on it in my personal life. And, and by the way, I'm still working on it. it. In this trilogy, I found it is the absolute most effective way of bringing out others 
and including yourself. So we, we did our, our season kickoff in uh, November and brought in a hundred of our leaders and presented these concepts. And I said, and it's one thing to put concepts together then say, how are we going to actually put this in? How are we going to put skin on it? How are we going to treat people like this? And I remember preparing the night before saying, who, when I get to, when I get to the word love, like how can you treat people lovingly at work? I thought, ooh, there might be crickets in the room. So in my other pocket, I had a list of some possible ideas. But the room lit up, and it was, it was, it was really remarkable. It was actually one of my favorite days to be the leader. And we, 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 we sat down on the whiteboard, and I think we probably came up with 25 different ways that you can share love in the workplace in an effective way. Another 25 ways of respect. And then I'm trying, no one heard completely heard it and I explained it and um, I'll explain it to you how, how, how it's been um, like I said I've been still working on this but I'll, I'll give you an example that I, I often think about if, if you if you walk by someone who is homeless and is asking for some assistance one thing to hand them a dollar bill hand them a ten dollar bill mm. it's a whole nother thing to get down to his level or to look him straight in the eyes and ask him how can I help and, and to have a truly a, a servant and caring heart. You give a $10 bill at that point, there's a whole nother level of, of communication connection. And I've been working on it ever since and I've been making great progress. And I have found that that truly is the best way to bring out the best of others yourself. And when with you in Utah earlier this spring, just so many of those things resonated with love, respect, and gunshy. Awesome. It has, it's been a huge uplift in our company and into our team members and to myself individually. Awesome, Norm. Thank you for sharing that because if you've ever felt inferior to someone in a certain setting, you'll likely feel superior to somebody else in a different setting. And we're all the same. We're all the same. We're all in this together. And when we come from a place of love, we start with ourselves. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we see ourselves. So that statement, Gensha means you would never treat another person in a manner that would make them feel small, including yourself. Those two words are the most two important words. Don't treat others small. Don't let somebody treat you small. Deal with dignity, kindness, respect, but above all, don't treat yourself small. The way you treat yourself, it reflects in the way that you treat others. So we're going to give you some tools in these eight weeks together. How can I start with me first? Because self-love, self-care is not selfish. It's everything. Just take one other word. I'm a word nerd. My book is discovering your purpose, aspire, discovering your purpose through the power of words. There's real power in words. Every thought that we think, every word that we speak, it creates our future. Genshai and living into that word, it will help create your future. When you say to yourself, you know, the way I treat myself, when you say, I'm... I can do this. I'm better than I think I am. I can do more than I think I can. It takes belief. That statement 
believe, B-E-L-I-E-V-E, believe in Indo-European. In 13 different languages that come out of that European language, L-I-E-V-E means love. So believe means to be loved. So when I believe in myself, I'm literally being loved to myself. When you believe in somebody else or their dreams, you be loved to that person. So when you think of believe, I'd ask you to write that word down. How can I believe in myself more? And it starts with genshai and it starts with self-love because abundance, which is one of our topics today coming from love and abundance, its source is love. The opposite or antithesis of abundance is scarcity. And its source is fear. If I don't think I'm enough, there'll never be enough. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. If I think I'm enough love, there'll always be enough. And think of sometimes when you're dealing with a client or someone that you come across in your life, and you might even describe them as a hater. Have you ever met a hater? Anybody on this call? Frank, you ever met a hater? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's smiling and saying, yeah, I've done yes, that. Yes, I have. Yeah, we've done it. It's not fun. And so haters are herders. When we're hating, we're hurting. And when we come back and say, you know what? I'm an unrepeatable miracle. Every person on this broadcast today, this Zoom call, you're an unrepeatable miracle. In a forest of 100,000 trees, no two leaves are alike. You're as unique as the fingerprints and the footprints that you place on your path. So source one, and we're going to ask you to teach these principles to three people within the next three days. And when you do that, it's the rule of three. There'll be a three times better chance that what we've talked about today will become part of your life. Love will always find a way. Source two for abundance. And I love this one because if you were to write out the word we and you see how it's open and it's abundant and then you turn that word upside down, it becomes closed. We versus me. Some of the greatest salespeople, that's part of my background. I do a lot of sales training. Um, they use the word we. Here's what we can do versus here's what I could do. Here's what. Here's me. It's what I want. So here's source two. We is always greater than me. I very seldom say always, but it is always greater than me. We're in this, as Norm and I talked together yesterday, we're in this together. And one of the good things I think that's happening from this very unique experience, you're, you've never experienced anything like this before. I, at least I haven't. Your parents haven't. Your grandparents likely haven't experienced something quite like this. I mean, there's been the Depression, there's been World Wars, Spanish flu, 1917. That's probably the last time something like this happened. We're all in this together. And I see people connecting. I see people finding ways to serve. It helps us to be creative when we say we is always greater than me. There's an African problem. And you hear it in the movie Lion, which is one of my favorite movies about a little boy in India. We've traveled to India, been on those trains, got lost on a train, 
great movie. And they quote this proverb that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Now I'm a cyclist. And if you want to go fast and far, you go together. Because unless you're just a mutant and you can just get out and get on your bike and leave the pack, you got to work with people that you're competing with. And you might break away with five or six other riders. Could be a 75-mile race, 100-mile race, 200-mile race that I've done a couple hundred times, a 200-mile race I've done 10 times. You need help to go fast and far. All of us are better than one of us. So check your vocabulary. And when you're talking to someone, when you're listening to someone, use that word we. What could we do together? How can we make this happen? In fact, I don't like seeing a proposal. I don't love even the term proposal or contract. We need those. But what about an agreement? Hey, let's put an agreement together. Agreement, as we've studied the language of highly effective individuals, this word stands out above all other words. Love, of course. You can't say we if you don't love yourself. Because people that come across as selfish and sometimes overly confident, they're just focusing on me and it comes across. When someone says to me, Kevin, here's what we could do. Now you've got me. Now we're in this together. And Norm said that yesterday. We're all in this together. And there's something about saying, hey, we can do this together. And, and if I'm having a day that, you know, people say, do you ever have a negative thought, Kevin? Do you ever have a bad thought? Yeah, we all get goofy thoughts. One of my dearest friends is Rudy. Rudy from the movie Rudy. Maybe we'll even pull him in on one of these. But his word is believe. I have behind me in my credenza a picture signed by Rudy. And he writes believe. That one word to be love. And it took everybody on that Notre Dame team. We'll watch Rudy. Sometimes my wife and I, I'll be texting him. He lives in Las Vegas a couple of hours away. I'll say, did that really happen? Did you paint the helmet? Gold, did this happen? He'll tell me what was dramatic, what isn't. But that word believe became his one word mantra, to be loved. And he is relentless. I can be writing and my phone will ring and I'll text Rudy and say, hey, I'm writing. I'm going to come up about noon. And he will call me six times because he knows that he's worthy of getting a call back and I just have to call him back. So it's the we that is built upon the foundation of love and self-love. Norm, any thoughts on that when you think of, of we? Because I know reliable, um, it's hard to be reliable when you say it's just me. You have a whole team of people that come together to make this happen. And you're best of class at what you do. Any thoughts on that, Norm, as we talked about, we're all in this together? A couple of things. First of all, I agree with you 100%. Me is always greater than me. And um, I'll show you a lot how this comes up. There's not one person in, in our company that can do this all by themselves. Impossible. Uh, a lot of times, people, 
of people giving me some accolades. Well, this and that. I'm like, listen, there's 800 people here, and they all contribute their gifts and work. Everybody has a, a, has um, a unique gift and talents to share. Um, for example, I'll give, give Doug a, a big shout out. He helped us instantly. These changing times with the IT, one of his gifts, and I just don't have. But it takes it takes us all to to to, to service our customers and take care of people the way we do. And I think it'll be the same thing with with. And that, I don't think it will be the same thing with the pandemic. We need each other to get through this. We are designed to be with people. See that, and, and today, and we're going to come up with some tips how to help keep those connections. But I'll tell you what's one thing I'm struggling with. Playing in the sandbox by myself is no fun. I enjoy playing with others. And there's a, there's a natural human need that I have to connect with others. Awesome. I agree with you 100% that we is always greater than me. Thank you, Norm. Thank you so much. And we are in this together. And to be playing in a sandbox all by yourself isn't very fun. There's a statement. I share it with my wife, Sherry, sometimes. And she'll look at me like, what does that mean? But being alone in the sunset is better when you're not. I know that sounds a little strange. It's one thing to see a sunrise or a sunset and go, oh, that's beautiful. And, you know, we need our time. I like my self-time. I like to think. But to have Sherry by my side, to have our children by our side, to have our grandchildren, to have those you're walking the path with with you, well, that makes it so much more meaningful. And so that ability to involve others and, and just listen. Sometimes somebody will say, hey, have you, have you heard of this movie? Have you heard about this book? And sometimes we think, I've got to know everything. I have to be the source of all my knowledge. And one of the best things you can say, well, I'm, I've heard of that book or I haven't heard of that book. Tell me about that. And just being open to listen, to learn. But sometimes when we think I've got to be the source of all knowledge, I've got to be current with every book, all the entertainment, we push away an opportunity to grow. We opens the door to incredible growth. Now, the third source of abundance, and I'm excited about this one, is knowing you're enough always creates enough. Those six words, knowing you're enough always creates enough. I said it earlier, fear is driven by scarcity. If I don't believe that I'm enough, there will never, ever, ever be enough. There won't be enough opportunity. There won't be enough people to help. There won't be enough wealth. There won't be enough in relationships. There won't be the right parking spot. Somebody's taking my space going down the road. That's where you see it, road rage. There's not a lot of that going on right now because people aren't going very far. But when we know that we're enough, and that's driven by that first principle of Genshai. When you know you're enough, there will always, always be enough. I mean that. That isn't just some of the time. It's not a soundbite. It's not something to put in a book. Knowing you're enough always creates enough. I have a statement that I share, and it's not unique to me, but comparison is the thief of all joy. Think of that. We compare other people, and we look at their best behavior. We look at the public view and then we know ourselves so good and we make comparisons. Don't make comparisons. 
just be you. If I want to be free, I've got to be me. And not the me that everybody else wants me to be, but the real, genuine, authentic me and the very best version of me. John C. Maxwell, I would say is one of the great thought leaders on leadership. Um, he's been very good to me. He has recommended Aspire. He called me up personally to reach out. And uh, John had me come out to Palm Beach, Florida. And we had an opportunity to go to lunch. Uh, after that was one of his key people. And in this hotel, I don't know if you've ever been there, Breakers Hotel, there was a tapestry that it was at least 15, 20 feet wide, and it was 40 feet high in that lobby. And the value of that tapestry is over a million dollars, seven figures for a tapestry. On the outside, it's absolutely gorgeous. You look at it and you go, this is a piece of art. It's beautiful. And that's what we see when we see other people. We see the very best because generally they put on their best behavior in public. Not always, but generally. But then when you walk up, and I remember walking up with Sherry, and I turned over the backside of that tapestry. And tried not to pull it down. I wasn't going to damage it. But on the backside, there are knots and threads going everywhere. Sometimes they cover that with a covering so you don't see it. When we make comparisons, that's why I say comparison is the thief of all joy. We're comparing our worst features with everyone else's best features. So let's go back again. You don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you see yourself. I want you to put Genshai right on your mirror. We have little stickers where we have Genshai. When I look in my mirror, I remind myself that the way I treat myself reflects in the way that I treat others. And then it leads to the second source of abundance because abundance is your birthright. We live in an abundant world. We live in a country where there are abundant opportunities. No matter what you're hearing on the, in the news, on the media, I try not to do that a lot because I want to be in a place of abundance. And then we kick into we is always greater than me. And we involve people. We create a team. Uh, Norm, you're outstanding at bringing a team together so that those that are part of that team, they take their strengths and bring others in that make their weaknesses irrelevant. I'm only good at two or three things. Hopefully coaching what we're doing here. I coach a handful of clients, one of my favorite things to do is to breathe life into somebody of their dreams. Writing and speaking and connecting. And that's it. I'm not an accountant. I'm not an attorney. I shouldn't compare myself with people that do that. You find people that do the things that they're best at. And we can all focus on the things that we're best at. So source number three, before we wind this up and come home, with source number four is knowing you're enough, always creates enough. And you're enough. Every person on this call, can we improve? Yes. Can we grow? Yes. That's why next, next Wednesday, our topic will be humility. Write that down because humility is the mother of all virtues. We're going to spend our time 
talking about humility. Humility doesn't lead to growth. Humility is growth. And when you're growing, you're happy. And that's why when you come through this and you've done eight of these experiences together, you're going to get a nice pouch with a Genshai coin to remember this by. You ready for source number four to bring it home? Frank, give me the nod. Are you ready, Frank? I can kind of see you right here. Norm is smiling. Go down, Sherry, right here with the- Should we do the yeah, whole view? I, yeah, I just, yeah, let me just view everybody for just a minute. There's Kylie, look at Kylie. Look at Kylie's smile, she's over there. Jim Cabrera, Jim, I owe you a call back. Looking forward to meeting. There's Anita Gage, Mary is there. There's Vivek. Vivek, right. am I saying your name right? Give me a, yes, we got it. There's Keith Johns. It's fun to look out and see each of you. There's Darlene. Darlene just sat forward in her seat. She's like, oh no, he's looking at me. Dave, Dave is ready to go. We're, so this, Keith is right there. Michelle, Jeremy, Cindy, Donette, Terry, Connie, Aaron, Pam, Isaac, Kelly, Greg, Teresa, Frank, Chris, NJ. I don't know what NJ is. There's actually another page. There's a whole nother page. And we have several dozen. Look at that. Delicia. I love that name. We have four daughters. Our, we have four daughters. Sherry, my wife, of 40 years. We just celebrated 40 years last year. Sherry wanted all the girls named with us. So we have Summer, Season, Star, and Sharwan. And Sharwan means beautiful Indian princess, or so we told her. That's what that name means. And some days she is, and some days she isn't, but she's beautiful. I see that connection to see your faces, to see your engagements. I'm here for you, not for me. I'm here for Norm and his friends and his clients and his team. And when you show up from a place of Genshai and we be and knowing that you're enough, um, I was the second of two boys born to a teenage alcoholic. And my mother in my teen years recovered and became a great drug and alcohol abuse counselor. But these principles mean so much to me because her mother, my grandmother was also an alcoholic and she wasn't a kind alcoholic like my mother was. And she would take my mother, say, you're never going to marry the right guy. You'll never have the right job. You'll never have a clean home. Our home was immaculate. My mother became a great drug and alcohol abuse counselor and God rest her soul at her memorial service. I remember a tall, dark, handsome man looked like Rock Hudson came up and said, your mother changed my life. Well, she changed my life. She never got to hear the word Genshai. I hadn't been to Vienna by then, but she would grab my chin as a little boy and she would say, Kevin, you can achieve every goal that you want in life, as long as you leave other people better for having met you. Genshai, and we is always greater me, and knowing you're enough, it's saying, I'm gonna leave other people better for having met me. And I hope that would be a goal of yours. I hope when we get together each Wednesday, that you leave this experience just a little bit better. And I'll come prepared for topic and content just for you, fourth source, Abundance always says yes to abundance. It always says yes to abundance. That doesn't mean you say yes to everything. 
but you have opportunities that will surface today. If you'll focus on what you want and not on what you don't want, what you focus on expands, what you focus on grows. There are opportunities that will surface today if you're looking for them. My mentor, Stephen R. Covey, who wrote the foreword to my book, Aspire, and he wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, impacted over 50 million people. That's amazing, all over the world in 35 different languages. He said that effective people are opportunity-minded. When an abundant opportunity comes, by the way, opportunity in the middle of apport is port. In the ancient days when the seas were just right, when the wind was just right, you could sell into a port and you could do business, you could conquer, you could uh, see people that you loved and care about, but only in that window of opportunity. You have opportunities every single day. And there are eight words that are going to help you with those opportunities. Act as if it were impossible to fail. We will talk more about this as we go through this series of eight sessions. But if I can do something tomorrow, why don't I just do it today? And if I can do it today, why don't I do it right now? Act as if it's impossible to fail. Those eight words, it will move you from inertia to momentum, from failure to success. And at this time, this unprecedented time, sometimes there's, it's great to have a reset, great to have a pause, great to have those that are most important around us. People are having dinner together, families are together, friends are together. We're doing Marco Polo and FaceTime calls and Zoom calls with our grandchildren, our children. There's nothing quite like that to come together. But if I can do it tomorrow, why don't I just do it today? And if I can do it today, why don't I do it right now? Act as, put those eight words in front of you when you get into your day and just act as if it's impossible to fail. What do you have to lose? You do something, it doesn't work exactly the way you wanted it to work, things are gonna happen. Those words came from a woman writer in the Great Depression. Her name was Dorothea Brand. Not Dorothy, but Dorothea, D-O-R-O-T-H-E-A, Brand, B-R-A-N-D-E. And she wrote a book, Wake Up and Live, once she discovered these eight words. She was a writer, very frustrated, had articles, unfinished books. They were told that oh, women don't have great thoughts. It was a kind of a sexist, society back in the Great Depression. And then she discovered eight words, act as if it's impossible to fail. And she wrote, Wake Up and Live. That book sold 3 million copies. In the 1930s, that's a big deal. And she attributed it to those eight words, act as if it were impossible to fail. And when she did, she's the one that said, this was an about face in her life. She went from inertia to momentum, as I said earlier, from failure to success. So today, we talked a lot about love. And that can seem kind of touchy-feely. It isn't. It's everything. If you love yourself, everybody else is going to feel it. I'm so grateful that I had a mother that taught me that I could do anything, as long as I loved myself and I left others better for having met me. 
we is always greater than me. If you're struggling, you've got something you don't know what to do with, get people involved. Find your five. Jim Rohn said that we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. You should have your own personal board of advisors. Take out your journal, create a little oval board. You're at the front, put two people on each side, the one on the other side. Norm and Jeff Tovar, they're on this call today. They're my board of advisors. Norm, you're someone that I enjoy spending time with because you're abundant and you care about people and you're a leader. And you do things and so grateful for this opportunity to do this with your community. Knowing you're enough always creates enough. You're enough. Every person on this call. And you can email me if you if you go, I, you know, I'm struggling with one of these principles. Email me, Kevin at powerboards.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear the one principle that stood out the most on this call. And then the fourth thing that we just finished with is that abundance always says yes to abundance. And that when an opportunity comes your way, sell into that port and do it right now. When you get into action, I'm gonna take a picture. We live by Zion National Park. I'm sending a picture to Norm of some cactus. I'm the, the plant whisperer, a beautiful Argentine cactus that just bloomed today. And it's the size of a trumpet. It's six inches in circumference, six inches deep. If you plant the seeds, you can't prevent the harvest. But some people are looking for the harvest, but they haven't planted the seeds. And we have these beautiful purple ice plants I planted by myself last year out front. And then I fertilize these cactus so that we can have what we're gonna have. I'll send that so Norm can send that to you. Norm, I'm gonna send it back to you to share a couple of tips, um, and then we will wrap this up. Kevin, thank you so much for uh, sharing. Uh, like I say, I've learned a lot today, and, and uh, greatly uh, you sharing your life's work with uh, myself, our team, our customers, and extended friends and family. A couple of things I wanted to share, I came up with some tools that, uh, practical tips, I'll say, to get through this pandemic, because these are as we all know, unprecedented times. Well, the first one I'd like to share is something I've been doing effectively is limiting my time to the news, not becoming hostage to my own of, of getting social media news. What I found is if I spend one day, I'm sorry, one hour a day, and what I've been doing is watching the uh, press conference of Dr. DeWine. He has a team of uh, Dr. Amy Acton, John Houston, and then they'll occasionally bring in another guest. I find it to be a very accurate um, point of view for, for the current times and conditions. And then when it, so I take one hour to feed my brain with what is current, the current reality so I can cope with it in this way and make a decision how I'm going to live tomorrow. And then secondly, I, I'll put in my mind and say, okay, what do I need to do now to prepare for 30 days for my family, myself, and my team? And I'll also take a 90-day look. And then after that, I compartmentalize it and put it off to the side. And I have found that it's enabled me to not be hostage to this news and let it drain me because it's a difficult situation. And when we're talking about people dying and suffering and not having enough resources, it creates a drain on our emotional energy and also sometimes creates fear. And I found that the compartmentalizing that has helped out a great On the next tool I'd like to share with you that uh, we've been working with in our family is our, we call it our wellness meetings. 
and they've taken on two different uh, um, views. First, first one is kind of the easier one. Uh, it actually came from my um, son's girlfriend. Says, Why don't we talk about our highlights? So we literally go through around the table and just talk about our highlights. Mm. And it kind of just gives a little bit deeper appreciation for each other and understanding of how that person is thinking. On its deeper version, we'll do, hey, how can I love and respect and appreciate you? What can I do to serve you as, as we're going through this difficult time together? Because there's times in our family, like we, we kind of get on each other's nerves and we have to go to each other's corner. But when we talk about it at the dinner table, we have found that it's been fruitful to deal with it in a healthy way that we can make adjustments. And um, I've made a few adjustments as have been asked by my family members and we've had a better experience versus just putting it on the table or just let raw emotion. The next uh, tool that, that, I, that um, I would like to share is just asking somebody, how are you coping with this pandemic and what do you miss the most? I find when you add that, what do you miss the most, opens up a little bit more transparency to their heart. And just having another human being to share that with I found to be uh, cathartic, helpful, not only for myself, asking the person who's sharing. And just kind of let that get on the table mm-hmm. and get out. What I found in life is when people hold the emotions and, and don't share, that it comes out in raw emotion, just spurts out in usually unhealthy ways when people can melt down or so on. So I found occasionally asking somebody specifically, how are you doing and what do you miss the most? a huge, not huge, it's been, it's been a tool to get, get through this. I'd encourage you to text me. Um, my cell phone number is 216-905-7118. 216-905-7118. If any uh, tools that you, you and your family or your company is, are using to cope through this virus, because we like to share and collaborate with each other, uh, 100 heads is better than, than one, or 100 minds, or, or 200 eyeballs, however you want, want to say it. But uh, we'd like to spend some time collaborating and talking through some various ways of uh, coping through this as we go through these unprecedented times. Awesome, Norm. Thank you for sharing those. And I just want to add, because we just had two minutes, we said we would do these in a 40 to 45 minute window. Um, yeah, be intentional as you start your day. And one way to do that is kind of have a plan the night before. Here's the top three things I'd like to achieve tomorrow. Here's what I would like to do. And at the end of the day, you can say, here's what I did do. And I would be careful with that media. Um, I've got a wife with a lung disease. And so we need to kind of find out what's going on. But I do it when I choose to do it and as little as I can to be informed because it can take you to places you don't want to go and what you focus on expands. And the final thing I would say, you have five senses. Use those senses. So if it's music that brings you to a certain place, if you have a certain candle or a scent that you like to have, have it there. What you see, what you feel, what you taste, what you touch, create. I have visuals of abundance, like Norm with that water. I love that. Uh, for your recent fishing trip, that was some that was something else that you got there that you caught and released. And I want to take our boys to go do that with you. But have abundance around you, whether you've got water that it's plain, 
on Alexa, Alexa, play me water softly playing. It will do it just like that. You have a fountain inside. Anything that reminds you of abundance or brings you to that place, we should be more intentional with that. So when we're just the glare of the TV and here's what's wrong, here's what's coming, I don't want to drive up and down the street and see that going on every night. You can control. You get to choose your environment. Thank you for your time today. I hope this has been helpful. I can't wait until next week when we come together and we talk about humility, it being the mother of all virtues. Thank you for being on this call. Thanks for inviting me to be here. Every one of you will give you a shout out next week in person. Look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Be there or be square. We'll see you soon. Take care.